Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 169 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. Carrick, how are you doing, man? Excellent. Tired. Yeah, same. Exhausted. We're, we're, Exhausted. we're hitting that review season now. We're getting to that fatigue level. <laughs> yep. Because yeah. it, 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 hit, it hits you fast, you know? We're doing Spider-Man and then Tomb Raider. And, and yeah. so, yeah. yeah, we got a lot of work cut out for us. Uh, for me, that's some upcoming content you can expect. Actually, if you're listening to this on Sunday, then the following day is going to be when Tomb Raider reviews drop. So keep an eye out for mine. Carrick, you're doing one as well, correct? Yeah. Awesome. Any other upcoming content that you'd like to promote? I'm sure there's something, but mm. my brain is so destroyed right now that I'm <laughs> I'm trying to remember even a single. I'm working on a bunch of stuff, but no, nothing that okay. nothing that pops up into my mind. Yeah, same for me. Uh, just you know, videos as usual, Twitch streams, that type of stuff. So yeah, hope you guys dig that. Uh, as always, you can flick a buck. Flick a buck. There you go. Let's see. Oh, that one, that one, not as not as high pitched tone. It, it's not it, not, not today. as fucking not, not as today. energetic today. Sorry, <laughs> not today. We got it for two weeks, folks, so it's all right. <laughs> I, I don't like I don't like to remind him. I like to see if Carrick is going to react to it or if he's just going to be like, Matt, come on, fucking stop." <laughs> no, I'm never that. It's just my head hurts a little bit. <laughs> I got you. Uh, so you guys can be a part of the show, get involved with your questions, even if you're like me last week or uh, last minute here, and I actually got the questions very late. Um, you get early access to the show for a dollar. Maybe you can game with me, and you get access to exclusive videos that only show up there. Carrick also has one. You should support his. Keep us alive here on the internet. Down below is also mobile links. So if you're listening now and you're like, damn, I got to take these fellas on the go, then you can do so. iTunes, Google Play. And lastly, but not least, I want to send a thank you out to you guys. Uh, our podcast about the Spider-Man PS4 Puddlegate was our highest listened to show since Fallout 76's reveal, which is a pretty big deal. Uh, I guess yeah, people really sure. like Spider-Man. Thank you guys so much for that. Obviously, the feedback was, um, how do I put it? Um, most agreed with us, but then there was a contingent of people who were just like, stop acting like there was not a downgrade. And then reviews came out and all of a sudden the debate disappeared. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. Well, not only that, but we were pretty clear that there's, I mean, I, we can talk about the embargo now, but that was a crazy embargo because mm-hmm. everybody was, everybody was breaking it. Digital Foundry put the Halloween episode in, which it states very clearly. Yep, do not. You cannot have footage of and and people were sending were were talking about Puddlegate and giving qualitative statements. It was very clear. It said mm-hmm. you cannot say so. I, and I held to it. I even emailed the PR guy and I was like, "Listen, everybody's breaking embargo. Like everybody." Yeah. So I'm thinking about doing a Puddlegate video. This was prior to our podcast. And then once you and I did the podcast, I was like, "You know what? I'm not going to do a video on it and and just let it come out." But it was so funny also to hear people that just, like no matter how many disclaimers you put. People were, there were people who were like, I, I can't believe, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, quite literally, that is not what was said mm-hmm. during the video. But it's just like people get so frustrated and then they're jaded, which is fine. Yeah. But then they don't listen. And the, the one thing about being jaded is you want to make sure you're right. To, you know, because otherwise you're just a pariah. You're just holding back your own enjoyment. And it, 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 yeah, that was definitely an odd podcast. I'm glad it did well. I am too, and I'm glad most people kind of understood where we were coming from. We're like, without saying it, we were like, hey, we've been playing the game. We can't say much, but talking about it and kind of saying, like, this is a non-issue, 
people were yeah. starting to get the hint like, hey, there isn't this huge downgrade. It's actually a really pretty game. But anyway, huge thanks to you guys for tuning for sure. in, giving feedback. We always appreciate that. The ratings on iTunes and all that stuff, it helps out a ton. Puts the show on the map. So once again, thank you guys. And now let's get into what is a amazing unbelievable bit of news kingdoms of amalur is back i feel like dude a couple of months ago we had to be fucking talking about this series because right when it happened i'm like carrick i just thought you right away i was like sometime in these past few months there was a discussion between us about this series and we agreed that i loved it you did not like it correct there it is okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right well, so <laughs> i just the the missions felt mmo-ish yeah that was the, yep. the only and thing you know what we have a perfect question to uh, talk about all the flaws that actually came with that game. And so first, let's just read the news piece, which is coming from Variety.com by Stephanie Fogel. Video game publisher THQ Nordic acquired the Kingdoms of Amalur IP and other assets from 38 Studios it announced on Thursday. The deal includes 38 Studios' action role-playing game, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, and its abandoned MMORPG project codenamed Copernicus. THQ Nordic is handling the acquisition, while THQ Nordic GmbH will oversee daily operations including sales, distribution, and the evaluation of sequels and new content. Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning was created with the help of New York Times bestselling author R.A. Salvatore, Spawn creator Todd McFarlane, and the Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion lead designer Ken Rolston. It came out in February 2012 and was viewed favorably by critics, but only sold an estimated 330,000 copies in its first month. 38 Studios shut down a month later and then afterwards... I should add in that there was a huge, huge legal dispute. And by, I mean, afterwards, one of the articles I cited in my video about it um, on Thursday, or was it Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. It was um, it was from 2016. So this was going on for many years. So this mess just got cleaned up, finally. I know it's been such a long process. But anyway, Carrick, what do you feel about THQ Nordic? They finally got... Well, not even finally, but they got another IP of old that has a group of fans that have cherished it for a while. You know, kind of like Time Splitters. Uh, what was the other one? Like Pitch Black. Um, they got Red Faction coming back. What is the plan for this company? Because someone had said to me an interesting thing on Twitter. They were like, don't expect a sequel or future content. They're grabbing a bunch of IP so that a bigger company can buy them. And that's what kind of got me thinking for a second. So... Where do you think they're going with all of these? Yeah, that's that's completely possible because they're they're hoovering up IPs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that, I mean, I don't think anybody'd be surprised. But they're also releasing games too, so it's not like they're magically just buying IPs. Oh, and so Dark to Siders. say not to cut you off, and sorry. Darksiders. It, no, that's all right. That was actually one of the ones I was indicating. So when I mean, it, I I don't personally know. It sounds like that person maybe works there, and so they know exactly what's happening. I don't know exactly what's happening, but. They're hoovering up IPs, and um, I, of all the IPs, I, I just don't even really remember much about the game other than the MMO parts. I remember there were some cool, there was a little bit of cool battle and stuff. I mean, they're, they know what they're doing. I would rather have them not buy the IP and not make the game, though. I'd rather have them buy the IP and make a game. Mm-hmm. Like I, Because otherwise, I don't know why, but like leave that IP for somebody... A smaller dev, maybe, who yeah. does want to make a, 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 a title like that. I don't really like the idea of just, we're buying IPs so we can be bought by somebody. But that's just me. 
No, I totally agree. I mean, that was the thing is I, I caught myself mid-video when I was talking about it. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, there's a chance that they're probably going to do something. I was like, wait, they just spent probably a decent amount of cash to get the IP, yeah. to get the assets, to get the MMO rights. Like, they clearly have a plan to do something with this. That's the yeah. thing, uh, you know, where I get where um, I wish I had his name, but I get where he's coming from, where he's like, they're probably snatching up IPs to get purchased by a bigger, co bigger company because they're increasing their value with each intellectual property that's acquired but on the other hand i also feel like you know you can you, like there was a large celebration on the internet um not that it's a very mainstream popular game but a lot of people really did like this series and and thq is building good pr through saving these childhood and these yeah. underappreciated ip i think and, and it, yep. they are going to be viewed favorable favorably for press for influencers where uh, THQ, I used to associate them, I think, when I was a kid. You know, they were in every single movie or TV show game ever. You yeah. Know, Jimmy yeah. Neutron, Fairly Odd Parents, and so on. Oh, SpongeBob always had the THQ stamp on it. Now I'm viewing them a little bit differently. It's kind of amazing yep. to see how they've transformed. Um, but I want to get into the question because I think that'll kind of jumpstart the discussion for Kingdoms of Amalur as a game and where it could go for a sequel or this Project Copernicus MMO. Is that going to be picked up? So Big Boss has asked us, what are three things you hope are fixed in a potential Kingdoms of Amalur sequel slash reboot? So since you're the one who, I guess, had more issues than I did, I I'd love to hear, if even if you don't have three, because I know that's hard to pick off the, the top of your head right away. But Yeah, I, I think I have two I assume the story I didn't like just because I can't remember it. And mm -hmm. I usually, I, I'll usually remember even like stories that I sort of liked. So I would right. say hopefully a really, you know what? I think it was also, if I remember right, the fiction, I think we talked about this. The fiction felt generic. Okay. If I remember right. So I would love for them to get, you know, <laughs> Avalon or whatever his name is. Um, Chris Avalon, hell yeah. <laughs> Chris Avalon, yeah, to go in there and write some fiction or whatever, flesh out the world, and then... The editorial janitor, just just cleaning up yeah. everyone's mess. <laughs> yeah, just just fixing everything. Um, and then I think that the MMO-style quests, especially when we do, if it's a single-player game, when we do see, like, a Spider-Man, which handles quests very well, mm -hmm. we do see some of these games that handle quests, the competition is higher. And so... I would really want to make sure that they had somebody working on the quests, make sure everything ties together narratively. No towers, no mm -hmm. repetitive, you know, not that repetitive in the fact of like tower number one, tower number two, yes. tower number three. I would love for those to, to definitely not show. I can't even remember the combat, dude. I think I can't. Yeah, I can't. So I'll explain that for you because I had played it yesterday for a video. Pretty much you've got, a primary and a secondary you can equip and they can be whatever you want so you can mix and match to your heart's desire you can have daggers chakrams uh great swords you can also hotkey magic too so if you hold like the right trigger and you press x triangle or uh, not triangle i'm sorry x y b a um those can all be different types of magic spells so you have a good mixture uh between weapons and that fits into a uh, i think they call it a a destiny path or something along those lines. Uh, my, my memory's a little bit hazy on the, the leveling system, but pretty much what happens is right. you dump points into a skill tree, um, and as you go down a certain path, you unlock classes to mess around with. So you can unlock, you know, a tier one rogue class if you're investing a lot of your points in finesse, and then, um, you know, a tier two rogue class, tier three, tier four, tier five, because you're investing your time and your resources into that sure. class so it's it's it it is absolutely 
a gameplay field experience. It's not really the choice and consequence that um, a lot of RPGs and, and games nowadays. I feel like every game pitch I hear uh, at E3 was always choice and consequence. Um, it's not like that though. It's definitely gameplay fueled. Um, and it was especially for its time, and it's aged really well. It's fluid. You know, if you press LT at the right time, you take out a shield, you block. But if, like I said, it's at that perfect timing, you get like a counter, almost like the perfect dodge in Spider-Man for reference. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is there? You can dodge roll, and I, that's really all that comes to mind, right? Oh, and and if you uh, press the two triggers at the same time, you enter that reckoning mode where you know your eyes like glow a fiery blue, and you just destroy absolutely everybody in slow mo. And then you throw, you, you do a finisher move, and if you mash the button enough, you get an XP multiplier. It's it's a fun combat system. Um, but I have to say that if I were to, in answer to Big Boss's question, one of the changes I would make personally in a sequel or a reboot is, like Carrick said, a little bit less of an MMO feel to it because what happened was when I was playing the game, it was, like, instantaneous. I knew it. Like, I went to a new area. Um, I picked up a bunch of quests on a, on a bounty board. I left the area. Those quests sent me into this other kind of side area, and as I was entering there, there was just this one lone guy standing there with his arms folded with an exclamation point (laughs) above his head, and it's like one of those do-this-on-your-way kind of MMO quests where I was like, all right, I'm getting the feel of an MMO here. You know, not not that that's the worst thing in the world. I do like MMOs. I've been playing a lot of Star Wars The Old Republic lately, Um, so, like, I'm not against it, but in a console RPG, um, it's supposed, I think it's supposed to have a different feel. Um, you, you also wonder, cause I had only just heard about project Copernicus. I knew nothing about this until yesterday when, um, we had first heard this news or for folks listening on Sunday, um, I'm talking about Thursday. And so it almost seemed like in a way they were gearing up for what this series would become a taste of what's to come. Um, well, but, and an MMO was planned from those devs prior. So I was really, wondering bro. if, yeah, I was wondering if this is just simply the name of the MMO kingdoms of Amalar, because there was that was actually one of the plans was mm. to do an MMO style of it too. So I was like, is this just really, is it called Copernicus? But that's just the code word for an MMO version of the game. I hope they don't. I would rather have them just do a single player. I agree. MMO isn't a very good spot right now. No, it doesn't it's feel not. like it's. It's good. not, and especially when a you World know, of see, Warcraft classic yep. is coming back. Yeah, don't fight against that say, shit. Don't don't fight against World You're of Warcraft. Screwed. I feel like that's a, a very established market right now. Yeah. Leave it be. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Do not hop in there and uh, try to compete against that. But another change that I would personally suggest is uh, once again this kind of lines up with what Carrick said. But along the storytelling path, um, a lot of the, the the conversations in that game feel very. Um, not or they don't feel organic. Rather, you know, it's it's very right. like sentence, sentence, yeah, sentence, 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 sentence. You know, or or like a uh, a behemoth amount of sentences your direction, and you yeah. have like one line to respond with. It's like okay, so they're just talking to me. That removes the role playing out of a role playing game. Uh, if yeah. they were able to carry over that combat system with obviously some modern innovations, fix some of the storytelling, you know, to make it more interactive, more like you're conversing with someone. And um, I guess not streamline the quest as much, but really just create a believable world by creating, like, for example, an issue that happens um, if you were to stumble upon someone, it makes sense within the environment you're in. You know, it's not just like some guy who's standing by the entrance of a valley saying like, hey, man, I lost my dog. Uh, You know, I I didn't decide to go look for it. I was just waiting for you to pass by. It kind of breaks the immersion 
And uh, so many games don't realize that these subtle little things just kind of make you go, what the fuck? Like, even if it's for half a second, you're still that, that half a second, I think is so crucial where you're just like broken yep. out of the experience and going, what the hell's going on here? Um, but I, I gotta say, man, kudos to THQ. I feel like they're doing a, yeah. a good thing. Um, yeah, I hope, I hope they do something with it because I mean, obviously yeah. people liked uh, the single one. I didn't, I don't, I didn't remember the reception of it. Um, but I'm glad people liked it. So uh, yeah, I just I really do hope they're not just sucking up IPs because mm-hmm. if if they are and then they're bought by a bigger company, if you go by pure math, the chances of all of those IPs being made is actually less. Yeah. So it's like because because maybe they're just going to continue buying IPs way more than they could ever make. I also don't know how many developers they have. TH, like how many teams they have underneath them. Mm-hmm. That'd be something interesting to find out because then you could identify yeah, there's no way, you know, Who they're did, making uh, this. the remaster for Red Faction? Because I wonder if it was the same team who did Darksiders 1 and 2, you know, Definitive and War Master. Man, I don't remember. I don't remember. Hmm. I, think it, I think it just said... Let me take a look. I'm going to just compare yeah, Darksiders 2, Definitive, I hate that word, to... Uh, what's it called? Red Faction. Red Faction. Yeah. Dark Gorilla? Are you talking about Gorilla? Yeah, Remastered. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a terrible name. <laughs> what a backwards idea that was. All right. Let's see here. Uh, I'll go on the Steam page. Let's see here. Once it loads, we've got Developer, Gunfire Games, Vigil Games, and THQ Nordic. Vigil. Vigil. That's who pops up in the... And yes, Vigil was... Um, was uh, Darksiders. Okay. Yes, I remember that. So then Gorilla Remastered. All right, hold on. Spelling Remastered is Remastered. Uh, yeah, that should that should work. Okay, let's go to the Steam page again. Ugh, they got to check my age. I'm just going to put in some fake age. All right, here we go. And we have... Almost there. Volition and Kaiko. So, all right, so that kind of confirms my suspicions. What I did all that for was to try to figure out if they were going to take almost... I always used like to use Marvel as an example of, like, let's find a developer for this, let's find a developer for that, yeah. and they kind of just handpick it rather than... NEA, I guess we have this team of devs. We've bought this license. Let's divvy it up amongst all of them and like have them, you know, like with Star Wars, for example, um, that way. So it seems they're kind of going to find someone maybe for Kingdoms of Amalur or already have someone in mind who can handle so. that IP and uh, release a a reboot of it. I imagine what they're going to do is, you know, re-release, see how it does, and then from there decide the future. You know, if anything, okay, we bought this license, we made money on the re-release, we'll leave it now. And that's it. Who knows? But I'm I'm so stoked, man. That's one that, like, right here. Got my copy right here. <laughs> went, out and, went out and fucking bought it. I was like, yep, I need to play this shit. Need to play it ASAP. Anyway, let's move on to the next bit of news. A very interesting week we've had here in gaming. Henry, god damn it, Henry you gotta help me out here again, because I don't oh, want to say Cavill. Cavill. Okay, because yeah. I said I said Cavill. 
And then I said, wait, that's got to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, it's Cavill. Henry Cavill to play, you guys can tell how many movies I watch, to play Geralt of Rivia in Netflix's The Witcher series. So the following information comes from, let me check the paper. Hold on. Laura Prudham of IGN. Henry Cavill has been cast to star in Netflix's adaptation of The Witcher as lead character Geralt of Rivia, the streaming giant has announced. The series is based on the best-selling fantasy novels by Andrzej Sapkowski. That was a, that's a tough one. I apologize that's if I mispronounced one, that yeah. as well. Uh, according to Netflix, The Witcher is described as an epic tale of fate and family. Geralt of Rivia, a solitary monster hunter, struggles to find his place in a world where people often prove more wicked than beasts. But when destiny hurls him towards a powerful sorceress and a young princess with a dangerous secret... The three must learn to navigate the increasingly volatile continent together. Cavill also also proven himself to be a big fan of both the games and Sapkowski's novels, telling IGN the books are amazing. I started reading, and they are well worth a read. And apparently he's also played the games twice over, I think. So that's a pretty interesting casting. Someone who's passionate about the Witcher series in general. We, We really don't see that far too often where someone who's huge about the franchise is also the one who's going to be heading like the lead character so how do you feel about this casting you know most people would just look at superman and go no but yeah uh, like me I, <laughs> i'm having a hard time i mean the the problem or not the problem but the the issue with like in witcher is nobody's really that emotional anyway and so I think he could probably do a pretty good job because Geralt isn't known for, like, emoting. Mm-hmm. And neither is Cavill. That's, that's the issue, is he can't act very well. Hmm. Um, but he looks like him. Like, I actually yeah, think Yeah, when looks I saw his side profile, I was yeah, like, holy yeah. shit. If they change, you know, the hair and all that stuff, I actually, I could see that um, mm-hmm. for sure. But I, I think overall it's a good casting. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's really going to depend on if putting a bunch of money in Witcher suddenly makes a good movie or a TV show versus a good game. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the initial takeaway, no matter what this show does, the initial first episode, people are going to be like, there's hope for TV shows and, uh, in, and video game crossovers. Like I can see it now, man. You know, I love CD project as much as the next guy, but I can already see it coming. (laughs) People are. Yeah. and, And you look at Lord of the Rings is becoming a TV show. So it's it's cool to see the fantasy shows mm-hmm. or the fantasy games, you know, continue to see TV shows and movies. So I'm excited for that at at the very minimum. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, I, I'm a believer that, you know, I, I think of like Man of Steel, for example, and it's like that was just such a boring movie, yeah. you know. And I don't I don't really blame Henry for that. I I feel like that was more so the material. Someone said it in the Discord, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I felt like it was just the material to work with, where, you know. I'm not an avid movie viewer, by the way. You know, that's why I, I rarely do movie, movie reviews or talk about them on the channel because I'm not going to sit here and act like I am the best critic for it. But, right. uh, I mean, fuck, man. That was such a boring-ass movie. I remember, like, telling me and my friend Ivan had, like, a debate for the longest time about that being a good movie or not. And, um, you know, because he had told me way before it even released, oh, it's going to suck, it's going to suck, it's going to suck. I was like, nah, man. No way they screw this up. I think I was in like high school at the time. And even after it came out, he saw it. I never went to see it. And he was just like, dude, it's awful. I told you. 
and I finally saw it, and I, I caved in. I was like, this is so fucking bad. Yeah. I, I did not like that movie at all. I thought it was incredibly boring. I know there are some people out there who do like it. Um, but to once again kickstart the discussion, we have a great patron question from X, who asks, do you think Netflix will be heavily invested in making sure the Witcher TV series is well-produced and will keep the Witcher fans happy while also bringing in people who are new to the series? I mean, I personally think that's the goal in general, but I guess the, the main question he's asking here is, who are we catering to with, with if you're Netflix? Are you trying to bring in new fans? Or are you trying to appeal to the, you know, the ones who, who, who made this series so popular in the first place? I, I think neither. I think they're aiming for a Game of Thrones replacement. Mm, interesting. Because remember, that's over. Or coming to the end. Coming to the end, yeah. Final season yeah, in like 2019. So, yeah, so I personally, I think that's that their primary aim is that. And their secondary aim is, is going to be the story and, and all that stuff. Which isn't actually bad. It's just um, one of the problems people don't remember about Netflix is they sound like they're doing well, but they're actually doing quite terribly um, when it comes to their balance sheet. And a lot of people are nervous that Netflix is one or two large purchases away from being in, in dire straits because they're not making cash back. And they're buying all these IPs. They're spending all this insane amount of money. So right. to me, to me financially, if you follow, because that's one of the things I do is invest. And you, you look at their financials and you're like, personally, I feel that it's a little bit more I don't want to say money-based. I just mean when they look at it, they're not going to be aiming for... They already had... Look at Iron Fist 2, Season 2. It's getting destroyed in review. Like, destroyed. They, they're they not having Wasn't the best the luck. the first one really bad? Anyone? It was bad, and yeah. people are like, this one is somehow worse. Like, wow. it, it, yeah, it's like a magic combo from a Street Fighter character. <laughs> so, to me, my hope is, is that they would... My hope, I want them to succeed just because I like fantasy stories and stuff. So I like, I like dragons. I like superheroes. Um, Bro, but well, I see, personally... I, not to cut you off, but I think it would just be fun no. for, for us to like sit back and actually be able to talk about a weekly or a, uh, you know, yeah, a season of a too. show based off that a game too. that's really popular. Sorry, go on. That too. No, that's actually, I mean, the plain and simple fact is, is that it's not KOTOR, so I hate everybody. Because <laughs> if it was a KOTOR TV show, then I, I would change my entire channel to a KOTOR TV show channel. But it is Witcher 3. I think that would be cool. I do feel that they'll be aiming to get fans from Game of Thrones to watch Witcher 3. I really do feel that that'll be one of the major mm. things they aim for. In fact, we already know that's where a lot of companies are going for. Like they see a Game of Thrones and they're like, hey... We've seen copies before, um, and then secondarily, gamers. The problem is, is I don't know if Netflix knows who's a gamer and who's a Netflix watcher. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, I don't know if they, if, if so, I don't know if they would aim for that as much as they would for just the Game of Thrones thing. Witcher Three is a big name, of course, but you don't know how many people, like you and I, we like, for example, I love superhero video games. And I watch shows, but I know people who love superhero video games that have never watched a single episode of Netflix, like the the Marvel series on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Any yeah. of any of them, any of them. And I think the so, same goes for the opposite. There are people who love. Oh, I, very I, much. You know, so. my girlfriend's yeah. dad is obsessed with Marvel movies, like obsessed. But you know, he's not like big into the game aspect. Exactly. So exactly. I get exactly yeah. where you're coming from. So yeah, I but think Game of Thrones seems to be bigger. Mm-hmm. If that may, like it's because yeah. cro- they made a game which a lot of people like the Telltale game, 
they made a game, and then you also have Didn't this they make amazing an RPG too. Yes. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. Yeah. They did. Man, I just barely remember that game for the 360. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like a really yep. old one. Man, holy, holy shit, crap. dude. <laughs> That's, that series has been going for fucking ever. I know. This is what's crazy is like, I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., though I know it's not very good. I like Gotham, though I know it's not very good. But then somebody will remind me that it's like they existed during the 360 days. And you're like, what? It reminds me of, uh, anytime you talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I remember when I, like, directly contradicted myself in, like, five seconds on a show. I said about, like, hating things, and I went, I fucking hate Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think it's, like, a dumpster fire. (laughs) I fucking remember that. That shit was so bad to me. Um, Now, this one may seem a bit off-topic, but it actually ended up fitting in pretty well based off how we got into Marvel Heroes and all that stuff. Um, But it was still a question I wanted to include, which was, uh, just Lee Martin asking, what anti-hero would you like to see in a video game? Has nothing to do with the Witcher Netflix series, but fuck, we're going to do it anyway. I already know your answer without you even knowing it. I Yeah, I was going to say I don't know it. The Punisher. But that, <laughs> no, well, yeah, but he's already... Uh, sorry, yeah. But since he's already got a game, I was trying to think oh, of okay. right, right. But you're absolutely right. Without it, yeah. I mean, if they... But it, it, let's say they didn't do remakes. Um, so anti-hero, not an in, not a villain. Yeah, like a Deadpool, you know. I mean, that's the thing is I am not an anti-hero specialist. You know, actually, someone mentioned in the in the Discord chat, Venom will be a good one. That's, I mean, I think he's more of a villain. Yeah, we had this discussion in our Discord about Bane, actually. I said, what villain do you want to see a Batman game based on? And everybody, everybody was like Bane, for sure. And they, they had wow. descriptions of it. But again, he's a villain. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe you could take a hero and kind of twist the perception on him and make him almost into an anti-hero. Like, uh, imagine, well, like, Green a, Arrow a, a, is a bad guy. I mean, he kills people. That's a good one. I was going to say, like, Nightwing, but he kills people. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. so he, he everyone's like, oh, Nightwing's a superhero. And then, like... You see him fucking like breaking skulls in with his staff or something like that, and you're like, "Well, he's kind of killing people, so is he much better than everyone else?" It's just a thought. My answer but, um, would be Green Arrow then, because I do like yeah. Green Arrow anyway, and um, I think that unfortunately it'd be too much of a Batman copy because right. when you look at Batman and Green Arrow, it's like Oliver's really just a bigger playboy than Bruce Wayne, but they're both doing mm-hmm. the same thing: gadgets. Um, you know, the mystical, the same bad guys overlap, which you don't want. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, Green Arrow and Flash both have bad guys that are, or, or not bad guys, but characters that could be. I would kill a TV for a Flash show. video game. I know it'd be so, so hard to make, but holy shit, I'd love Not that. any harder than fucking Superman, though. Yeah. Right? Like, True. I mean, if you're talking about power or something, mm. I mean, there's, I, it feels to me like there's more enemies in the shows and in the comics that can come close to defeating Flash versus Superman. Superman right. needs a guy who they actually called Doomsday. Like, yeah. they couldn't figure out anything <laughs> better. So, um, yeah. It's, uh, anti-heroes are my favorite kind. The problem is, is I don't think there's many left because the comics have jumped back and forth now so often. Right. Where it's like, a good guy turns bad for a little while, and then you're like, well, is he an anti-hero now or... There's mm-hmm. there's really not any anti heroes. There's yeah. there's like 
It uh, you yeah. know, you know, a good one would be. I don't know if this counts because she doesn't have superpowers. But um, for those who pay attention to Ninja Turtles, Karai from the Ninja Turtles, who Orokusaki's daughter, the daughter of the Shredder. Oh, um, daughter of the Shredder. Yeah, you know, she in like comics shows, she's always kind of like towed the line a little bit. Like you know, she's got honor. And, you know, a lot of times she's depicted as someone who you know very much holds her family's values, but in a in a different light. Um, and in the comic I was reading, like, she wasn't afraid to kill people. Um, she was very, like, driven by revenge, but at the same time, she was trying to rebuild something she was proud of, so it was like, she had noble intentions, but yet they, you know, she wasn't executing them in the best manner. So I think, I think it game based off of her, but holy fuck, if they did that first before an open world Ninja Turtles game, there'd be hell to pay for me. Oh my gosh. What about, what about, what's her name, Talia Al Ghul? Oh, Raja yeah. Al Ghul's daughter. That'd be a cool she, one, too. It, it, depending on what you watch, like a show or a comic or what, she's definitely an anti-hero. She's definitely a villain in some, but she's definitely an anti-hero in others. Um, I, I've sort of always liked the idea of like a character with a bad parent. Uh, that's why I did like Green Arrow for a long time because right. of um, what... Oh, I can't remember the actor's name. It's Oliver's best friend in the first season who dies, but his dad is... Um, I hadn't watched it to tell you the truth. <laughs> oh, dude, it's it's actually. I mean, I've heard well, great you know, things. It's pop, it's pop, it's popcorn, but it's they're fun. Like I had heard um, the first. I think there's like I don't know how many seasons, but I heard like dude, the first we're at like three. seven or eight. Yeah, I heard the first three were really good. Maybe very four, much so. Four, but I, I know there's like I think, one season where it just kind of yeah, yeah yep, back yep. It's just like Supernatural. I love the TV show Supernatural, but it has one series, one uh, season that it's quite literally like, what am I watching? Like who wrote this? And then it and then it just goes back, and you're like, okay, I guess it's back <laughs> to normal. I have no clue what's happening. But yeah, antiheroes is tough because mm-hmm. it's hard to even identify. Even Spider Man, um, when you look at some of the comics, Spider Man has done some evil stuff. When you look at the comics and how they've changed yeah. it for certain things, so hard to know. Yeah, for those who are looking Good for Spider Man to do some evil shit, uh, read Spider Man Reign. It's about like a really old Peter Parker, like sixty. Rain, as in like a throne uh, rain, or yeah, rain yeah. as in like yeah, the rain. Weather. As in, oh, I gotcha. should specify okay. that. Yeah, it's a no, that's all right. Pretty good read, pretty mature. It's really gritty. I'll um, get it right now while we're talking. What's it called? Spider Man Rain. Yep, R E I G N, and it's uh, like I said, it's kind of like a darker, <laughs> grittier take on the universe, and like it's literally a Spider Man who's like clinically depressed and trying to just bring him out of retirement for like one last battle it's oh, a really gotcha. interesting tale is it like the best one ever no but I, I i found as someone who's like a huge spider-man fan i was pretty marveled at the idea and it kind of paints him in a, a new light that um it's not like this wise cracking confident guy like he's very much in shambles the whole fucking story so if you're looking for like a different take like that too that's a that's holy a really shit good one. this is dark as fuck right? i don't want to the first Sentence says what happens at the end. What the fuck, Aru? What? <laughs> yeah, bro. Huh, okay, I'll check it out. Definitely, um, if yeah. you're looking for some dark reading material at night, it's a good one. Anyway, on to our next subject. Anthem demo releases February 1st for PC, Xbox One, and PS4. I also noted in the headline I had jotted down three weeks prior to its February 22nd launch date in 2019. So EA has announced that it will make a, quote, VIP demo, end quote, for Bioware's Anthem available to EA slash Origin Access subscribers on Xbox One and PC, respectively, 
for February 1st, 2019. The demo also is available to pre-ordering customers, which opens the door for PS4, PS4 players to get in on the action. The announcement was made during the studio's PAX West panel. Anthem lead producer Mike Gamble said that the demo is not a tech test or beta looking for feedback and instead a slice of our game. This comes from Tamur Hussein from GameSpot. Oh my gosh, bro. I mean, that just is so eerily similar to that. I admire that. Here's the thing. I admire this transparency. Why do I say that? Because as a fucking huge Fallout fan... Bethesda still won't admit that the, yeah. the fucking yeah. thing in yeah. October is a uh, not just a, a fucking demo. They're like, it's a tech test, it's a tech test. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's fucking yeah. not. So I admire their transparency, although I, I don't like yeah, this trend. Too. But uh, what, what do you think about this? They're announcing a demo for February. Well, it's just September. PR, right? I mean, that's all it is, is like to get people talking about it three weeks prior. So, I mean, I, I do actually, I agree I can say good stuff about shit companies. I actually do like that transparency being very clear about it. Mm. Um, and I like that it's like, it is not for feedback, which mm. is like, this is what you'll be getting. So to me, that's fine. It, but it is just, yeah, it is just PR. It's just all it is is to get some people making some YouTube videos. And stuff. Oh, yeah, dude. That statement's going to get the shit quoted out of it in YouTube videos when people, if they, I shouldn't say when, I apologize. True. If people don't like it, they're going to be like, yep, this is the final product. So don't say I'm overreacting. <laughs> I mean, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, bro. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, that is, instant that de- is instant defense yeah. point right there. Yeah, they, they confirm this is what you're getting pretty much. <laughs> you're not changing it. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I, I I don't know if you saw this, and it's off. It's on the same topic, but it's mm-hmm. stupid things people say. Did you see the NBA guy say that microtransactions are an unfortunate, uh, uh, like certainty now in games? Did you see that? No, it just exploded. Yeah, it was NBA nineteen. Oh, the the producer of it was games man. That's why I don't play today anymore. or maybe yesterday. Yeah, well, dude, I don't know if you saw my review for 2018, but you couldn't even do your beard and your hair yeah, the same I remember color that. without fucking microtransactions. Like, it was broken. It yeah. was so... So, I, I guess what I was getting to is, um, that's a dumb thing to say, and you, he's going to pay... You know, like, the company's going to pay for that, obviously. It's a stupid thing to say. This is sort of transparent which I like mm-hmm. because I also, you know me, I'm yeah. much harder on Bethesda than you are right now. <laughs> I think though you're probably coming to my side, but the PR I've never been happy with. And I had forgotten mm-hmm. about fallout 76 and how that's going. So I sort of do admire the transparency, at least, you know, they're upfront about it. We're not getting that info from some other big company, mm. which is, which is really negative, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, with the Bethesda aspect, I yeah, the the PR I've always been like hit or miss on, but like, and we'll get into it later. But like, how Game Informer's got this exclusive piece on Fallout seventy six, and and the guy hasn't even played the game. It's just like that type of secrecy and shit is just like not oh, a confidence yeah. builder for Bethesda. But as for as for Anthem, I don't know if I'm alone on this. I just think it's almost like an announcement for the sake of having an announcement at PAX. Yeah. Yep. To say they have a demo coming because it's, you know, here's the thing. It's is, PR. Yeah, exactly. Because I was going to say, I feel it's far more impactful for this type of game to, you know, after December, you know, holiday season ends, January, start dropping trailers, and then fe- be like, February, we got a beta. And just let it own 
you know, those next two months, the, this, the discussion, yeah. um, the, the talk, all that stuff. I, I think that not that this was done too far in advance. Cause I feel like what they're trying to do is they know that the, the marketing cycle, the front pages are going to be dominated by game after game after game for the next couple of months. And then it's the holiday mm-hmm. season where no one's buying anything because all the Christmas games have been purchased. And then it's like, then you just got like a month or two to market everything. And you know, that, that, that isn't enough time for a game like Anthem, at least in my opinion, I think it'll still perform well, but um, I, I do wonder if that's why they announced this so far ahead of time. Cause it I just like, when you think about demos and um, betas, how far in advance are they usually announced? I mean, I guess hmm, fallouts was what three months, I guess, you know, Guess what they're doing is not far fetched. Maybe it's just my perception because they're doing it at the end of 2018 into a month in, into 2019. So maybe that's why. Are you talking about Fallout itself? No, I'm talking about like I was I was contradicting myself because I was like, wow, it's kind of weird that they announced this so far in advance, and then I realized I'm pretty sure. Oh, Bethesda, you mean Anthem? Yeah, Anthem. I thought they did uh, it too I, far I in advance because yeah. it's well, we got three about four months in advance where i was like oh that's kind of strange but then fallout did it three months in advance and it felt right i guess it's just good for people who are interested in the game because for me i'm zero interest in anthem zero you know i'm not going to sit here and say i'm not going to play it but i i you know i was reading about how um there's like not really role playing in this game like they're like they, but before that they had said this is still very much a bioware game you know and love and i'm like what and that fuck? we're gonna put sex in it maybe yeah <laughs> remember just, that shit? yeah i'm like dude it's 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 crossed it's crossed wires what it is and it's what uh, one of their biggest issues and a lot of devs don't do it but one of the big issues is reacting to the outrage mm-hmm. instead of making a good title that fits to a certain group and maybe doesn't cater to everybody Anthem is the game that feels even more so than Destiny. It feels like it's catering to everybody, dude. It's yeah. like if somebody says something, if somebody if they see anything negative, they're like, "No, we're definitely doing or we're thinking about doing that." Or we're and, and you're just like, you're thinking all this stuff, you can't say that you're not this, but then add sex the, or yeah. you can, you know. They I think what's happening is they have a vision and they're trying to remain hard on that vision, but yet they're scared and still sensitive, understandably so, to that Andromeda internet yeah. thrashing they got. And it's, you know, it, they have they really had time to fully heal from that? I don't know, about a well, year and a half Well, remember later. too, Maddie, Mass Effect 3 did not launch with stellar reviews. People were mad about the ending. Mm. Some people liked it, but that ending, they were, I mean, they got destroyed. So they went from, they went from Mass Effect 3, then they go to Andromeda, that gets hammered, you can bet some people, not everybody, but some people have worked on both. And Inquisition didn't really get the most love. So, I don't know, man. It, it, it was probably sucked to work there. You know what? Yeah, it's funny. As you as you uncover that, it's almost like it's a scared company who's just like, please like our yeah. stuff. Rather than just exactly. confidently exactly creating it. and saying, yep. take it as it is. You know, it yep. feels like one of these times they got to make a game and just be like, we don't give a fuck. Like, we're just going to make this and hopefully you like it. That's why I, I have hope for like, remember they were talking about making those smaller 15 hour titles yes, and stuff did. like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I really hope that they continue with that because that'll be the confidence builders, in my opinion. Do you know what, though? It feels to me like they announced that because it feels to me like they're saying stuff. 
and that there is actually no backing for it. So I, we Last talked talk. about it, and we were both excited for that. But I have this sickening feeling that if we went back and looked at news, somebody in the news said, I can't believe Bioware doesn't make shorter games. And they're like, oh, shit, that's what we'll say we're doing. Like, ah, I don't know why, but yeah. I, that's what I'm saying is I'm saying that it seems like yeah. they're reacting to any press they're getting. Mm-hmm. And if they get a certain amount of press about something, they're like, oh, shit, let's talk about this. And so to me, I haven't heard anything about this supposedly 15-hour game because if they were working on it, it's a shorter game. It's got a quicker turnaround. We would be hearing about it by now. At so, I mean, obviously. Like, yes. so it's it seems like a catch-22. It's sort of like... Mm-hmm. You, once they say something, then you start looking for that data and you don't find it. And you're all, hmm. mm, And you're just, you know, and that's where bad hype, I feel, is created. We talked that, about exactly. last week yep. where it's like if you're excited about something and it's there and it's what you see in the game, that's one thing. But it's another thing you get excited about words, talk, imagination, yeah, that right. type of stuff. Well, Spider-Man, we talked about that. We were like, when we ended that one podcast was mm. uh, prior to the last couple and we were like, we got to make sure we don't expect the mm-hmm. cool shit we're saying to actually occur. Because there's no, the it's thing, not man. going yeah. to. When I was reviewing it, I was just letting it hit me. Uh, I was just yeah. letting it yep. come at me with everything it's got. I mean, you know, the, the leveling system, I didn't expect it to be that engaging. Uh, the suits, the, the flexibility, the combat system, I mean, fuck, you know. Uh, that, just a great game. And for those who are wondering why we haven't continued our discussion of Spider-Man, um, you know, this, this isn't like a... a firm announcement yet uh because we have a special guest that may be joining us but we are definitely doing a spoiler cast next week so that's why we are uh currently not continuing the discussion on it because while we may have the game beat not a lot of people do yet <laughs> so you yeah. know the game just came out so uh um, yeah a lot of people don't even haven't even got home from work true yet like it's, it's, it's such it's, a or, weird or feeling delivering. when you get a game that early you know it's a really weird feeling being I, and you dude, know, I platinumed it last night and people were just getting it. There was that, and then what was the other one? That was it was just recent. Oh, Yakuza I got early, but there was something else that both of us were like, Holy shit, we have this well, State of Decay was early. It's, it's been a good year for that. It's almost it's like they been, listen to our has. show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's hope. But yeah, it it's that in when you oh wait, God of War. No, not God of War. God I can't of War remember what it was, but there was yeah, there was uh, there was some other game that both you and I were like, man, they've got this so early, and that was what was nice with with Spider Man in particular, mm. um, because it, it is such a big world, so you want to sort of explore and see and and do all the well, yeah, crazy that's, I shit. mean, and, you know, we were just talking about developer confidence. I think that's a confident move. They gave us yeah. plenty of time. They they knew for a fact the game wasn't super long. I mean, in the scheme of things, reviewing that game, I was thinking like, oh, it's going to be such a big dive. And I was so for it because it was Spider-Man. But I was thinking like easily 40, 50-hour game, and it was like 25. Yeah, it was – that was the thing that was sort of weird to me. I test on all the difficulties, so I was bouncing to easy, bouncing to right. hard, and trying to see. And they said, unless I'm mistaken, I, I thought that PR said – we are delivering an extra level of difficulty upon release, and they have uh, not ultimate. yet. Yeah, they delayed the patch. They delayed that patch. So to me, yeah, it's like 25, but if you go to hard, there's some battles, we talk about this, the thugs, where you're just like, fuck, mm-hmm. and they, they start grabbing you more. I don't know if you ever saw that, but they'll grab you, and then you have to press, you know, whatever to get out yeah. of square. Yeah, um, they, they wrap and, you and, up with that, that cord. Oh, 
no, there's guys. Uh, there's dudes who can, when you go to harder, they'll do different moves. And one really? of the moves is, yeah, one of the moves is a bear hug from behind. Wow. And they'll grab you, and then other dudes are shooting you and shit. And you're like, the fuck? And you can't do anything else but hit the square because you got to break that. So you're getting mm. fucked. So it can be longer for sure. And additionally, I don't know about you, I had an issue with one boss that, and it's not the boss I bet you you had a problem with, if you had a problem with any. I had one distinct boss that kicked my ass. And I'm going to admit, it was the first guy. It was, what's his name? Jug, uh, he runs around like Juggernaut. The very Fist? first dude. Dude. Because <laughs> they throw him at you fast. You're just learning the game. He's fast as fuck. He's freaky fast. And I was yeah. just, no matter what, and I, I, I started on hard, which was probably stupid, but your little spidey sense is hard to see sometimes. The way it goes like, and it yeah. shows you like that he's alerting. And uh, yeah, I got my ass kicked. But I would say 25 to oh, 35, yeah. depending. Platinum's probably 35. Well, how many I, hours is a platinum? Well, to get the platinum, you literally 100% the game. Platinum. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100% the game. And I had to do, I had to climb to the top of Avengers Tower and visit a specific area in the game. And that was it. And 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 so, like, people were asking me about the platinum the night I had posted it. And, you know, a couple of people were like, how did you do this already? The game came out three hours ago. And I'm like, no. <laughs> um, yeah, it came out a week and a yeah. week and three hours. But, um, you know, very easy platinum. Exactly. I, you know, people are like, how hard is it? And I was like, put it this way. I didn't have a trophy list the entire time I was playing it. So I was just, you know, like most games, I was just playing it. And I got to 97% without knowing what the fuck was there. So I was yeah. like, just play the game and you'll get it. You know, but what I was getting at was like, that was definitely a shorter game in the scheme of things where giving us a yeah. week was pretty generous. And, and that showed a confidence level where, you know, obviously with Anthem, this is going to be a game that everyone gets day and date because it's got to have servers and all that shit. Like, I doubt anyone gets that early. Is it going to go on EA Access? That's the real question, because if mm, so, that's a week. True. true are true. they going to do a soft week? And if they do, are they going to restrict reviews like they did for... There was some racing game where they forgot that people got it on EA Access, and they were like, you can't do a review until this day, and it was a full week after everybody had been playing it. Yeah, sort of an odd curious if they're doing that for because that's a really good point i always forget about ea access and then it comes around a game i'm interested in like here we're battlefield yeah. one i was like putting that review request and i was like oh screw it you know what wow you know what i, I think the demo is the demo is going to be on ea access I yeah it is no it is i just know that but i think that is their 10 hour yeah thing exactly 10 hours of the demo that exactly works. so that works See the thing that bugs me though is like there's no care like there's not really character customization. It's about customizing the like the javelin, like the Iron Man suit you're in. What's well, Destiny, right? Yeah. Like, isn't that the way Destiny feels to you? It does to me. I don't role play much. I just no. Get I new didn't weapons. expect it to be a role playing game. It's just it, it's like for for me, and I know you can relate more than anyone else. It's just one of those like damn times yeah. have changed oh, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's over. The I mean, I know you didn't. I don't think you played these, but like the Pillars of Eternity games, um, the I know you played Divinity, the mm -hmm. Divinity Original Hell Sin. Yeah. Those have replaced the big 3D modeled Bioware Mass Effect style games. Absolutely, and, and maybe it's because of resources and money, but that's that has replaced them. Or you'll get a Vampire, which is in the middle. Oh yes, Vampire man. I was just talking about that Dude, the other day. It's I just got great. some shit from somebody for liking Vampire. 
They were like, I followed you for fucking 50 reviews, but you lacked Vampire, so I fucking hate you. And I was like, well, first of all, 50 versus one, I think that's a pretty good record. Like, yeah. would you... Would you just kick the pitcher off the team if they had one fucking, you know, they, somebody hit a home run off him? Like, what the fuck? But ignoring that, I was like, how does someone hate Vampire? Not that you can't not like it, mm-hmm. but how do you hate, hate that game that much? Like, it's, it's so odd. There's such a dichotomy there. And I think we're going to see it with Anthem. Dude, there's going to be yeah. people who hate Anthem probably already. <laughs> right yeah but sure. it, it's you know what it's it's going to be such a shit show in those first couple weeks just so much so much shit flinging yeah absolutely well we'll see in due time february's uh you know at the, at the rate of this year and how quickly it's gone i'm sure february will be fucking tomorrow so yeah we're That's, gonna be like what yeah, <laughs> Podcast exactly. two, two, 211 we'll be covering <laughs> anthony can't wait man anyway here we are moving on to some more ea news Criterion is developing Battlefield 5's Battle Royale mode. So yes, if you didn't know, this is the fall of the Battle Royale. Uh, All this information comes from DICE's official page. They say, expect even more details on Firestorm, which is the name of the Battle Royale mode for Battlefield 5, um, to come as we head closer to launch. But here's a quick primer. Wage Wage War, there we go, in a ring of fire that slowly shrinks the battlefield, don't get trapped. Fight to be the last infantry squad standing of 64 players in 16 squads. The game-changing addition of Battlefield vehicles lets you wipe out unsuspecting t- squads with a tank or drive to survive with transport vehicles. Work together as a squad to secure objectives that grant better and rare gear. Clash on the biggest Battlefield map to date. Transform the map with destruction. Feel Battle Royale brought to life with stunning Battlefield graphics and audio. I... I- <laughs> I, I can't get into how much I PR. S- yeah, I, that's like a like gamer thing, gamer thing, gamer thing, PR, gamer thing. <laughs> you can just yeah. see right there. And uh, matches are tied to your company and Battlefield 5 progression. I can't get over that. It's still so funny to me. Uh, that's all the information on that, though. So, all right. Um, number one, Criterion developing this. You about that? Worked on uh, Burnout? Yeah. You like that I, choice? Um... Uh, so we'll talk about this in a second. I don't, I, what people are reporting from the current game, um, mm-hmm. and what they're playing, like, I, I guess I do because I'm not hearing the most positive stuff from the stuff we, so yeah, same. roll out to another dev and do your battle. Maybe the battle royale saves it, right? Hey man, great news, by the way, guess who, what battlefield criterion helped out on? <laughs> are you interested now or no nope, no nope, ne- suddenly i want to play fucking battlefield 5 a ton <laughs> negative negative impossible um yeah it's i mean i just don't even know what to think about those games maddie I, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on this year but call of duty and battlefront have like traded places 18 times in this yeah. fall like it's like oh everybody's hating on this and then like the trailer yesterday for Call of Duty came out and people were like this actually looks fun mm-hmm. and th- so then you're like oh right because I didn't like World War II very much the yeah. Call of Duty at, at all really and so 
it and then it's like Battlefield first people were like this looks awesome then they showed trailers and like eh. and then they showed another trailer like oh okay and then they showed and you're just <laughs> yeah it, it we're going to go into this and just have no fucking clue mm-hmm. so to me I like those guys I think they're good devs but I'm not 100% sure they're going to be able to save this bird like it feels like it, it it feels like it's already almost DOA in a weird way yeah I agree. Um, I think it's because this is a year, like, it's always about the rebound, man. Like, there are certain years just Call of Duty's got it going on, and there's certain years that Battlefield's got it going on. And I think this is just the year COD's got it going on. I mean, as someone who's generally favored as I've gotten older, Battlefield over Call of Duty, I'm looking at Call of Duty, I'm like, yeah, I'm about this. You know, I played the beta, I enjoyed it. Admittedly, I have to play Battlefield 5's beta, but I was watching Dreamcast Guy's video, and when he said they removed tagging, I don't know if this is a permanent removal, but... The fact that tagging is is not in a Battlefield game really, 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 really turned me off. You know, like, I love the idea of being a recon sniper and, like, the shrubbery above. And it reminds me of uh, my time with with Battlefield Bad Company, too. I I love that about that game, man. I loved it about future Battlefield games, the tagging system. So, for me, that was a a really big deal. um, A big enough deal to turn me off entirely. But I I really should give the betas on my time. Anyway, though, you know, I'm liking what I'm seeing with Call of Duty. We had... Funny enough, just seen this week as well, the trailer for the blackout mode. Had you had a chance to look at that? No, no. you haven't. Okay. Nope. Um, obviously, very PR-ish trailer, you know, selling moments that'll probably happen never while you're playing the game, you know. Oh, okay. But um, as someone who's played a decent amount of Call of Duty games, seeing like a melding of maps in almost a cohesive way where like you're seeing oh, raid. Oh, shit. Sorry. Yes, I did see that yesterday. Okay. Yes, I thought yeah, it was a different fun. one we were talking about. Yes, I apologize. No, Continue. you're fine. All good. No, I was just saying, like, I, I liked how the, there was a connection between yeah. all the Black Ops maps of old in a, in a really fitting manner. It was really yep. cool. So for me, um, yeah, it tickled the nostalgia a little bit, but it's doing something that we had said about Call of Duty for a while, do something new. And yes, Battle Royale isn't particularly new, but they're adding a little new flavor to it. So wait a minute. So Battlefront... Or okay, so Battlefield, their battle royale is being worked on by Criterion. Yes. Okay, and then Call of Duty's got their own, and mm-hmm. who's making this new one? The Which new, dev is making? Oh 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 oh. Uh, um, yeah, Treyarch. The, okay, so Treyarch's making this one, but they're not. It's all Treyarch for this one, right? Yeah. They're not doing a. We've got a different dev. I'll double check, but go on. Okay. Or not multiplayer, sorry, because they're only multiplayer. Um, so, for me, personally, if the TTK, if the Time to Kill is not insanely fast, like it has been in some Call of Duty games, we've talked about this before, where it's like everybody's on Adderall, and you're just like, what the fuck is happening? Um, because I, I, I feel that the battlefields have started to encroach on that. But I wasn't aware that tagging was off. So you said they announced you can't tag in Battlefield? I don't know if it was an announcement, but but somebody I, had... But I was watching Dreamcast Guy's impression video of it, and he was like, "There, I there is no tagging in this game." I don't want to, you know, confirm that like, oh, it's officially sure. gone. That's it, because you know, they, I know with these betas, there are times hmm. they remove a mechanic to work on something. Maybe it's yeah. broken in a previous beta, so they removed it. You know, I haven't kept up to date with Battlefield Five. I talked about that last week. How you know, I've I've been in and out on it. I don't want to sit here and be like, "Yeah, they took it out hmm. and fucked them." You know, I just. Right. For right. me, I, I need to get the full story and, and play it for myself to fully understand. 
But um, let's say tagging's let's gone. Here. Let's say tagging's gone. Okay. If if we say tagging's gone, I'm gonna say I might. I, tagging is a little unrealistic, right? Like okay. it is it, by its general terms. Yes, I agree. Um, it could be. I mean, this is gonna sound weird. It could actually be a huge boon if there's no tagging because it could cause it to be far more strategic where people can't follow you behind shit. And like, okay. I, I don't know how I feel about that. Now, at first I was like, wait, what? And then now the longer I think about it, the longer I'm like, wait a minute, it lack of tagging. Sense. It may, yeah, it for that game, right? Like mm-hmm. some games tagging makes sense because of the amount of enemies, but like tagging a human doesn't necessarily a lot of times because if you tag a human and they just hide, you're like, well, he's fucking right there. So, yeah, yeah, know. yeah. For me, know. part of it, I guess, was it, it does not make sense. I agree. It was more so that I was like, oh, okay. I thought it was really cool that I could say I tagged this guy and my squad mate who's nearby. I'd be like, yeah, exactly. he's right around that it. building. I just tagged him like yeah. it's that guy there, you know, and, and you go take him out and, or, or like the additional intel you get by talking to your teammate. And what about them. this, Maddie? What if you could only tag if you were in groups? I would See, that would that. be cool. Yeah, that be would be awesome. And only to squad make mates you want a squad. See. Yes. Yeah, if that you would be great. Like, if, if you're just like, if you're a lone guy, that's great. Mm-hmm. But you can't tag. And if you're in a group, then your tags work for others. I, I mean, the balance is probably all over. I'm sure people are going to complain about so, that. So, um, you know, I, I'm not getting a specific developer for the Blackout mode, but it's saying that there is a trio of developers for Black Ops 4, which is Treyarch, oh. Ravensoft, and Endspace. And like literally, I typed in Call of Duty Blackout developer, and then there is a space that came out that just says Call of Duty Black Ops developers, Treyarch, Raven Software, and Space. Now, I don't know if they're referring to the first one there. Let me let me just Call of Duty Black Ops for developers. That'll be just because Activision's just like the king of owning these unheard of support studios. Yeah. Um. Oh my. No. Never mind. Call of Duty Black Ops for developers, according to Google, it says. Treyarch and get this, Beanox, <laughs> mm. former former Spider Amazing Spider-Man developers, mm. how they have fallen from grace. Oh, oh I, I was just hoping you weren't going to say Iron Galaxy. Yes, that's a the, good point. They're the ones who did Extinction and the the uh, the Batman Arkham Knight. Uh, what do you call it? The, the port. Yeah. Um, wow. Right, right. Right. I find it. I find it insanely interesting that like. I don't know which one of these two I want to play less. <laughs> we'll see. I'm I'm hoping that something turns me around. You know, admittedly, I, I, sorry, go on. No, go for it. I was just gonna say, admittedly, I got biased right now just because I played one, I enjoyed one, I have not played another. So that's why I lean towards Call of Duty a little bit more. But it, I gotta say, what I've heard about Battlefield versus what I've seen in Call of Duty, I mean, I liked that trailer. Um, I liked what I saw, you know, yeah, it, it felt different for Call of Duty to actually be in yep. a multiplayer match and in vehicles. Yes. Battlefield's known for that. And it, and I, I really think Battlefield's a better fit for Battle Royale. You know, it's got that strategic element. Yeah. Um, it, it, it has those vehicles. It feels like it was just born for it. Where Call of Duty, it feels like a genuine change because of, it's usually boots on the ground. You're sprinting mad fast, but now you're going to be getting in quads, boats, helicopters, all that stuff. It's going to be really cool, I think, especially with the combination of all the maps. I think that's yeah. kind of lending itself some uh, some fanfare, some success. But we'll see, man. We'll see. It's uh, beta's dropping this month, and um, I think I wonder if Battlefield's getting a beta for their mode. 
not sure on that. Anyway, let's move on to our last bit of news. It is a bulky one. Pretty much I tried to summarize it to the best of my ability because if you pay attention to my channel, you'll know I made a 23-minute video on this whole entire Game Informer news piece for Fallout 76. And, I mean, dear God, it was just so much to sift through. I had so many opinions on it. So I said, for the podcast, let me just take out the, the five major things that were takeaways and we'll hit on those. So we got events were described. Um, pretty much it was you're walking around to get a little notification on your radio. Maybe you listen to a broadcast, pulls you to a mission, or you're walking around, someone stops you, like a, like you see a group of robots or something like that. And they also teased time perks and rewards for a set event. So you complete an event for maybe like a Christmas or whatever, and you get like a Christmas perk or some shit like that. Um, main story details were handed out, albeit fucking very briefly. Uh, the overseer has left the vault before everybody and you are handed special instructions. It's going to take you across West Virginia. Um, it's not a quest you can just blaze through. It's a multi-part story. Um, and it's, it's apparently pretty lengthy. Uh, perk card packs, which is the new way of leveling up. When you, when you level up, you get perk cards and they're given to you every two levels early on. So you're, you know, the game's definitely going to be front loaded. You're going to get hit with a lot of content, you're going to get hit with a lot of leveling up options, but then later on in the game, it's going to be every five levels. And then lastly is it has been confirmed that there are 24 player servers now. So there had been a rumor of 32. Bethesda never wanted to put a number on it because they had been play testing it for a while. And now they've officially settled on 24 player servers for maps for, for a map, sorry, four times the size of Fallout 4. Now, Carrick, what do you think about that general roundup of news there that well it seems i don't know that seems like barely anybody but i guess for a fallout game that makes sense right exactly why like, they said they did it their, their reasoning yeah. for that was um we don't want it to be an mmo we want encounters to be rare so yeah that makes sense that you know, makes, for me I, yeah because I, I, I said like those eight extra players i think could make a difference if you spread them out enough encounters could happen you know and that's like accounting for if a couple of people are squatting up and whatnot but um, the main thing we'll hit on early on, because it ties into a question to jumpstart the discussion, is from Bearded Panda. How much are they going to invest in seasonal slash timed events, do you reckon? What are some seasonal slash timed event mutations that you would like to see if they went that far and not just perk cards? So I think that they have to invest a lot into seasonal slash timed events because that yeah. is the bloodline or not the bloodline, the lifeline of these games, man. You know, it's about who gets content out the fastest. And, and, you know, if you don't get it out fast, your player base drops. You know, I wouldn't blame Bethesda, not in a way where it's not a shitty move, but I wouldn't blame them. I wouldn't be shocked that they reserved, like, a little bit of content for two weeks, three weeks after launch, just to say, hey, here, here's what we're doing. Look, content already. And then... Something for Thanksgiving, and then something for Christmas. I would not yeah. be surprised, because for a gamer, two weeks is a long time, right? When you're playing the same game constantly. Um, not that that should be the expectation, but they said they want to get out smaller stuff, bigger stuff, and I imagine smaller stuff will be things like Beer Dependent Suggested, you know, um, mutations, or as the article had stated, like limited perk cards. So if you were to see a crazy mutation... Um, you know what those are in Fallout 76, right? How they, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. So if you were to see a crazy one of those, 
or a, a perk. We'll, we'll use that too, even though he said not just perk cards, but you know, give you options. What would you want to see? <laughs> Here, I'll give you an example I used in my video just to just to kind of get your brain rolling. I said like, okay, you help out Santa in a Christmas themed event, and because of that, you get a. I said a perk card initially, but it would make sort of more sense as a mutation that um, you get an additional. 300 pounds of carry weight because Santa can carry sacks of toys. And it's like a, you know, a little picture of a vault boy carrying a, you know, a thing of toys in a, in a Santa suit. So right. Something along those lines. Uh, what, what would you but think? You're of? saying, you're saying the question you're, you're saying a quest that involved helping a Santa style character, like a, a goofy. Yeah. Like a timed event. Like it's Christmas time. Imagine we're playing fallout 76. It's Christmas time. They've announced, yeah, we got this, we got this, Christmas event going on, hop in, there's a, Santa will be waiting for you out there, and when you complete this quest, there's a reward on the other right. end, and that's okay. unique to that event. Then the event ends, you can no longer get that mutation or that perk card. Man, dude, like, fuck, I don't even know, I mean, because you have, like, so since, see, the problem is, is it's the real world. So it's like mm. Halloween, Halloween and Christmas, 4th of July would be awesome. Like, you know, but the man, dude, cool cosmetics I maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause I can't think of a skill. Like I get what you mean by the extra weight. I thought you were going to say of all things that like you could light up the area, like fucking Rudolph's nose before uh, you, know you finish what? the sentence. <laughs> I, I was like, Rudolph, you know what? That's a great man. mutation. Rudolph's nose, it, you get a little red light on exactly. your head. Exactly. Yeah, That's a like good idea. A true mutation. But um It's a better idea than I got, man. <laughs> you should be doing July, this today. Uh fire like see when we when I played all the other Fallout games, the mutations, like this is sort of all new. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to wrap my head around me being mutated. Like, am I gonna add an extra and seeing it? Like, am I going to add a tentacle to my arm? And right. why would that relate to 4th of July? So it's like, I'm even having a hard time even figuring that out. Because all I remember for any timed events were, wow, uh, World of Warcraft, where for like me, you would RuneScape, go into a so town. I feel you. A RuneScape, yeah. yeah. So you go into a town and it's snowy and there's presents everywhere. But I guess my question is, do we have any hint if it's supposed to be um, grounded in like fallout's lore or if it's going to be just completely goofy i guess that's because when you said santa i was like santa what the fucking fallout but then if they were like a santa robot shows up you know that's <sighs> yeah that's you know what i'm better. so that's probably more do accurate you, do you see what i'm saying like i'm yeah. a little confused on how they're gonna if they're gonna treat the fiction on their holidays very very um realistically then it's probably easier for me to come up. I, I like the idea of like mm. Rudolph or the idea of carrying stuff. But if you're just going to throw a Santa character there, then I'm like, well, they could do any holiday. They could do Arbor Day and you can suddenly become a tree. Like it, it, it sort of breaks it up that way. It's difficult for me because, dude, I've had such a hard time grasping what this game is. I still have a hard time grasping what it is. Like I still, even after this information, by the way, still this information, all of the stuff. I was in your guys's Discord, um, 
like two months, uh, a month ago, maybe. And well, right after they announced the big stuff, maybe it was after E3 and maybe did they have their own event? They had QuakeCon, where, where they gave QuakeCon, like, the thank you. Yeah. System. And I was asking people and they were explaining stuff to me. And I still was like, I think my brain is so attached to the Fallout typical structure yeah, that the that. lack of NPCs and all of this kind of stuff confuses the fuck out mm-hmm. of me. Um, yeah, it's very hard for I, I I can't even think of one. I can't even think of a mutation other than Rudolph's nose. <laughs> that's not. But what, here's the thing: that's not a bad one. Yeah, it would fit, I suppose, because I yeah. saw him transform into what looked like uh like a werewolf or something in one yeah. of the videos. Somebody did they or they like got bigger. Are you, talking about in like the, are you talking about in the little fall tech videos, like where? Yeah, didn't QuakeCon show something oh, yeah, like that? Into like, like a, a kangaroo, like the bottom. Is that half. what it was? Yeah, something like okay. that. Yeah, um, but I mean, that's yeah. goofy as fuck to me. But that's the know. thing is, like, I feel like all, I feel like when you commit to these games, I love Fallout, I love the lore, but I feel like two, three years down the line, what is what will keep the game alive? A wacky, fun idea or? a you know a lore friendly you know they're trying to appeal to a mass audience keep the game alive keep people signing in every day that's just my guess i'm not saying i want that but i just get the feeling that if that's what they're going for they're probably going to go like yeah fuck it let's put a santa robot in the game he's got a quest where you deliver gifts to a bunch of people or a bunch of like other robots across the wasteland you come back maybe you get a, a settlement item for decorating trees you decorate a tree in your settlement you get prepared for christmas you go back to the, the robot show them your, your settlement chain it all together like that it's a couple hours long and you know the player for participating gets like new perk cards new crafting items that they always have um and, and maybe like a new i don't know cosmetic or something like that you know stuff like that or what if it's like the idea of for some reason the santa thing stuck with me but the idea of like a robot with corrupted memory who was delivering presents which were explosives to people you had to chase him around the world stop that from happening then defeat him as a boss and you get some shit yeah, from him like go. all those kind of things yeah you could definitely do the problem i think for me is is that number one you have national holidays right mm-hmm. some places don't have them like the same holiday it's literally not True connected that. um and then additionally a lot of the holidays we have if you have to fit it into their NPC and shit, then things get weird. Uh, also, is it going to snow in the Fallout world? Because have we seen snow out in a Fallout at all? Ever? Not that I can think of. So how is weather... Is it even possible? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. That's, that's, that's a that's, very that's good question. That's a, that's a lore question that I probably should have the answer for, but... No, that's that's sort of what I was getting to, is like, have we seen it in the lore even? Like, um, uh, well, yes, Alaska. The, the VR... Did, yeah, wasn't but that, that wasn't that before, man. Hold on, one second. That was uh, Fallout. Let's go here. Uh, something protocol. The average temperature of the world rose after the war. It doesn't get cold enough to snow in places anymore. Yeah, so it's like a general oh, science answer okay. to it. So that so you have that, which then indicates that let's say winter storms wouldn't be as big of a deal. So Halloween wouldn't be as cool. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, timed events, I think, sound awesome to me, but the only one I can think of, I can think of two, which is Christmas and Fourth of July. Like, four, there's, fourth uh, there's Independence also the, Day. There's also the line of patrolling the Commonwealth, or the Mojave makes you wish for a nuclear winter. So, there's that. There's mods that have snow in them. Yeah. Plenty of them. 
the Frontier is one that's for New Vegas that's really popular, and that's in Oregon, and that has snow, but I don't think that's, like, during the, the post-bombing, if I remember correctly. Um, I'd have to do some research on this. Fuck, I didn't expect this to go in this direction. Let's see here. What else have we got? People have found inside Fallout 4's code was actually uh, a weather cycle system that was never fully implemented. Um, here's, okay, perfect place. Reddit Fallout lore. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good place to go. It's easy enough. There you go. Does it get cold in the Fallout universe? Fallout 4 takes place in Boston and it starts in November, which is generally an absolutely frigid time in the Northeast, especially Massachusetts, yet the weather seems relatively nice. With the Great War and the resulting environmental impact have created a world where it's fairly warm all year round. First comment, patrolling the Mave almost makes you wish for a nuclear winter. Uh, yes, it does. It probably doesn't get cold anymore. Uh, of very long summers and shorter winters, but we can assume the seasons have made a comeback to Earth. Uh, the Earth has taken the time to begin to repair and adjust to the new cycles. Okay, so... Hmm... So it's a new game, so there they could. There was a mention of Snowfall and Tactics, but Tactics is only semi-canon. I remember that. Uh, in Far Harbor, one of the characters mentions that the ocean freezes over at a certain point near Maine. Okay, see, this is, this is what I love. This, I have to say, a little tangent here, that's what I love about Fallout. That one sentence right there, you know, that a developer may, may very well have just innocently tossed in, you know, yeah. as like a conversation piece or just a little bit of dialogue adds to an argument of, of some type of weather in the whole universe. I think that's the coolest part about this series. Um, let's see here. You can guess it's pretty chilly. Uh, there was snow in New Vegas in the mountainous regions. Fallout 4 starts in October, not November. The leaves have fallen off the trees, piles them all over, most noticeably in Sanctuary. I imagine that's because of the whole world being nuked. That the seasons are definitely fucked, but I imagine it still gets cold, just not as normally as our less nuked universe. And the infamous quote, patrolling the Mojave, almost makes me wish for a nuclear winter, seems to imply they know what winter is. Okay. So, from the sounds of it, there hasn't been snow um, outside of the mountainous regions in New Vegas, which... Hmm. Maybe... Maybe that's a part that hasn't been explored in Bethesda. Can that, fill well, that out. I'm thinking I'm, that's exactly what I'm thinking is this is their new game. Maybe they added that to the engine and this will be the first time where, you know, you wake up one morning, log into the game and there's snow. Like, I'd be fine with that. In fact, I yeah. think it gives it a different all, feel. It, well, not only that, but you hear nuclear winter all the time. Yeah. And yet we've never really had one in the one game that handles the the one game that's post apocalyptic and has eighty five fucking games in the series, so like this would be a perfect time to do it. Yeah, sadly, like I'm a huge Fallout fan, but I'm not like one of those fans who like knows, you know, the the Fallout lore. The, better, well, better, the better. weather patterns you probably Fallout should. Lore. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying like there are people <laughs> who expect me to know absolutely everything. Yeah, let's see what the there's a definition in the dictionary for nuclear winter. A period of abnormal cold and darkness predicted to follow a nuclear war caused by a layer of smoke and dust in the atmosphere blocking the sun's rays. So a nuclear winter happens almost instantly after a bombing. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. That's actually kind of interesting. 
Yeah, I think of all the games since we do see, because, you know, Fallout 4, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, we saw um, weather people added in, like, mods for weather mm-hmm. of all kinds. Right. I would, I, I would say this is the probably the one time where Bethesda probably has the ability to say, well, let's put it in ourselves. It right. makes sense. I mean, it's it only 25 years it. after the bombing, the bombs yeah. have fallen, so maybe a nuclear winter is a thing that could exist at this point in the Fallout timeline. See, this is what I love about Fallout. You can just speculate to your heart's content. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, there's a there's a good chance, and I would love to, you know, I'd love to I see something like it. that. Um, Me too. But, like, you know, back to the question in general about how the game stays alive. I mean, these are the things they're going to have to do, and, and I think Fallout fans should get used to the idea of Bethesda making sacrifices of war retconning to make certain things happen. I think that's going to be a very, very common sight for, for this game just because this game makes sense to you though, Maddie, what do you mean by makes sense? Like just being a multiplayer fallout happening after four without NPCs and all like, no, it really doesn't. It's, it's, it's the opposite of everything feedback wise they should have taken from four as far as i'm concerned me too and i'm not even being negative i'm i'm I'm, because i don't even have enough like knowledge about the game yet to to even Mm -hmm. say it's not gonna be good it's just that it's so confusing when you talk about it because i keep thinking towards fallout the games and i like keep i keep jetting to like fallout 4 fallout 3 and then i'm all well wait maybe it will have this and yeah, it won't right. have this. And the lack of NPCs is so... It's... It's it's weird. It feels... Yes, it feels like the number one reason the game can't continue. So, like, NPCs are the fucking lifeblood because you're explore, exploring a world. And I don't know... They're going to have a hard time. What if the server population isn't that great? And then what do you do then? And it, I, it, that it, has never crossed my mind. I, that's it makes me nervous because it's Fuck. like, what if, what if they just have technical issues? Let's say everybody loves it, but people can't connect, and then the people who can connect are like, well, I'm the only one here, or there's only ten people here, wow. and it's this big spread out area, and right, there's right. not NPCs. Um, would will that get boring? And it, will it even get more boring six months down the line when you don't have NPCs to throw a loop and shit? Because NPCs for me and MMOs are what throw the loop. They they can do things. We'll look at WoW. They're like this character does this. You know, each episode or each uh, expansion that's come came out. They're like, here's the main bad guy who's done this crazy thing, and you're like, oh fuck. Um, in this game, do you know if they're going to in some way elevate a player to that? Like, if I kill 500 humans. Do you know if the game is going to be like other than the bounty system? Like, there's there can't be lore. There's no NPCs for lore. See, that's another thing. It's just events I'm, that you discover in buildings. And, it's events and that you discover. That yeah, flesh out the universe is all. Um, oh, I'm so confused by this game, man. Yeah, I'm so confused. I by mean, it. that's why like people go like, "Why aren't you hyped?" I'm like, because I don't know what to to be Make excited up. about. To not yeah. in a negative way, just I don't know shit about it to to really be like i'm hyped you know it's like all right i know it's an online fallout game and i know i'm gonna play it because i love fallout but i don't yeah, know of if, course of course you know I'm, I'm in love with the idea of it i, I just it's very weird after fallout 4 
you know, people are like, just, you know, we had great shooting here. We had some good exploration. You know, keep those things. Focus on dialogue. Focus on storytelling. Exactly. Condense it a little bit. And what do they do? They make a map four times bigger. They focus on the shooting. They remove NPCs. There's no dialogue. There's just an e- emote wheel. Um, oh, and- wait. What? Beep, 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 beep. Hold on. What? Emote wheel. That's how you communicate with other players. Either that or your invoice chat. Which is like radius based. I know, bro. It's just it's it's so wacky to me. Are they gonna do what that one game did? There was an online game that banned Discord because if they don't ban Discord, you know what's gonna happen. Like people will use Discord for chatting regardless of the. So am I supposed to always be in game chat no matter what? Yeah, that's what I'm like. Hmm. Oh man, dude. Yes, man, no dialogue. What the fuck is going on? Like, I'm so confused. <laughs> I, I, I can't we're wait We're not too far out. out. Yeah, we're, we're only about two months and a week away. Two months away. out, yeah. So yeah, it's, we're getting there. I guess that's another thing that bothers me is prior to Fallout 3, 4, we knew much more about the game. And you, you, you sort of knew where things were going. This is... Not in a bad way, secret. but it's it's secret and it's a weird situation. And then it's like paid for beta, all this yeah. strange shit that's really confusing to me. I, yeah, I, I think with gaming is like, there's always that internal strife of like, I love this, I should be excited about it, but I'm not. And I'm like, chances are, if you feel like something's being hidden, it is. And chances are, yeah. if you feel like something's missing, it is. Because anything mm-hmm. these companies can use to market a game... They you know, will. they always will. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if if you're nervous about the game and you feel like there's not a lot of content and you feel like they're hiding the story, it's because they are. <laughs> you're not imagining things. Um, they absolutely are. And um, you know, so just if you're if you're you know, because I know I have a lot of Fallout fans on my channel. If you're planning on purchasing the game, just do it wisely. Wait for reviews. Wait for impressions. Wait for people to talk about the game. Um. Hopefully that people being Bethesda (laughs) at some point. Uh, Because I have a question. So I somehow miss the no dialogue. I can sort of see because there's no NPCs. They think, okay, an emote wheel in this radius chat, which you know people are going to cheat their way around that. But ignoring all that, I know the bounty. I like that system where, like, you shoot them if they don't shoot you. I I think that's all. um, I think that's all. PvP is good. Yeah, I think that those are really and and so I don't want to sound negative because I actually think they've come up with a couple things that are really really cool. I agree. So I I'm just more hoping everything else is as cool as that because right. if not, like can I find you? Did did have they announced if there's grouping? Like can I? What I mean is prior to getting in, do I make a conclave? And so you and I are part of that, and when we jump in, we know we'll be on the same server. Yeah, I think I think grouping's pretty easy. Um, they had like a, a way of explaining partying up in the in the articles. It was pretty much just you group up together. Um, and the reason okay. I know that's possible is just because they were also talking about in the article how you could like connect settlements and build a giant city, for example. Um, so, but I mean, if you build a giant city, can't somebody just fucking come and destroy it? Yes, but that's why they get the blueprint system. So even if it gets destroyed, you just place it back down, dude. That, I'm telling you, this, this game at launch is going to be messy. Yeah, it's and it's going to. It, it may even be awesome where random, just like where the stories. You know, if you've seen mm-hmm. them, some people do the YouTube video and they'll be like, "My life is a Khajiit," and they'll just yeah. they're That's you know they're point. like, and, 
and I, I and I ran away because I I was scared. That could fucking it could be awesome. Like we could jump in there and it could be so out there that people are just doing things completely um, unexpected and completely not like any other Fallout, which yeah. I'm really excited for if that happens. Same. We'll see, man. We're getting there. Hmm. We're getting there. Time flies, and, and we'll be there soon. Yeah, we'll be there very soon. Yeah. We'll be talking about Anthem. Absolutely. Anyway, um, we hope you guys enjoyed episode 169 of the Ham Radio podcast. If you made it this deep, hashtag is Amalur. <laughs> Amalur. Hell yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Amalur? Yeah. Kingdoms of Amalur. Um, so let us know if you got this deep. Carrick, thank you so much for joining me, man. Yeah, and you bet. And we will catch you guys in next week's episode. Peace out. Peace out, everybody.